0: or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you gotta do is head on over to u That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest.
1: Or is being a scientist and testing. Mm-hmm. So there's no one path and there's no one right way. It's literally just like, what feels good to me, what's working, what's not working, and being curious. Mm -hmm. Because as much as it's like, this works really well, this works really well, everything's different. Everything's always changing, you're always changing. So for me, it's been a learning about packing things in and like feeling what feels good and what doesn't.
0: Hey guys, it's Ash here from the U Turn Podcast, and I have such a treat on every level. She's scratching my arm right now. I've been having her do this <laughs> for four years. None other than Libby motherfucking crow.
1: It's true. I, we're here snuggled up on my couch and I have like, I, you know, when it's like you're someone in your family or your mom or like one of your best friends and you just kind of like, scratch them. Or scratch them.
0: I'm, like, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, scratch my arm and don't stop. So we're here with Libby crow. Um, obviously she's one of my very best friends. I've known her for four years when she moved to LA and we were both entrepreneurs trying to do our best at the game. And so much has shifted since then. Um, She's one of my favorite people. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a business mentor. A lot of people call her a human sparkler. She's a blogger, babe. She's got incredible Instagram following and a lot of amazing content at Libby Crow like the bird. (laughs) And I figured we could have her on to talk about business and I'm doing something a little different. Usually I have talking points and we're just free flowing because she knows so much. I wanted to just free flow on how you could get started in starting a business, creating some assets. Um, because I know a lot of you are in the workforce, but maybe you're thinking about creating more independence and you want the option. Maybe you don't want to commit fully yet, but you want the option of understanding how to create leads, um, and close sales. So without further ado, I love you.
1: Hi. I love you. Yeah. There's lots of parts to Libby land and we can jam on business so we can drop some awesome wisdom nuggets on everyone. Yeah.
0: I'm really pulling Libby here because she can (laughs) talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about death and loss. Her and I have gone through a lot of losses, but I just really respect you and the way you do business. I think you have integrity Thank you. And I think you create ma- magical things. And I think you do what you say you're going to do. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, that's a huge part of business, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people get into it and they think that they just want to do the fun stuff and they don't yeah. realize that there's client delivery, there's profit, there's there's lo- there's like there's all the things behind the scenes that people don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Or they think, I'll just create a six-figure business and life will be good. Really, that's just another job that you create for yourself. So yeah. there's a lot to the whole game that not everyone quite understands. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited to dive in today and teach and share things that I've learned and and also just, um, I think, burst some bubbles around the grit and the resilience and the hard work that it actually takes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I just think about how far you've come, how far I've come, our trials, our tribulations. And I think there's a level of being delusional also that it takes to be an entrepreneur because <laughs> we're like visualizing <laughs> and manifesting and, and we're like, we're going to speak on a hundred stages or we're going to da, da da And it's like, there's a healthy level of like making things up and then living into them. And so I'm curious to kind of, yeah, pop these bubbles. I'm curious, like when you're thinking right now, if everybody's listening, maybe they're like driving in traffic and they want to start a business um, I think there's a lot of content out there on like how to talk to your ideal client, how to figure it out. And a lot of people, you guys know, I have my free course, um, slash biz. For those of you who haven't taken it, um, Libby has some things that I really would love for you guys to hear about. But if you haven't done that, or even if you have, you're learning about ideal client, you're learning about your marketing message, you're learning about your packages and your pricing, your website. But I feel like there's this weird cliff around lead generation. Mm. And so I'm curious to learn from you when you got started, what are some of the places you thought you could get leads that weren't right for you? Or where do you think people get lost? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think when you're starting, it just depends also on your financial situation. So do you have enough financial resources in terms of, you know, like how much money can you put into paid traffic? Because that's a whole different conversation than driving leads through organic traffic. So when I started, I was an elementary teacher. I was teaching first and second grade and I was $60,000 in debt and I had no extra pennies to be able to drive leads through paid traffic. So I had to learn how to drive leads and how to find leads mm-hmm. on other through other avenues. And so what I did at first was I actually reached out to around 25 people a day on social media. So this was back, this was seven years ago or so. And So I would reach out to people. I would see how I could help them. I would get them on the phone with me. And I like really went to success versus creating like more systems for leads that came later. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a misconception that you put a funnel up and all of a sudden you have a successful business. It's like you actually have to build reputation and legacy and, client results. And that sometimes means more of a manual marketing phase mm-hmm. versus an automated or even semi-automated marketing phase. And so for me, I started in manual, like I was doing everything. I, I was the social media person. I was the content creator. I was the funnel maker. I was, and for everybody listening, what's a funnel? Cause they might not oh, know. Okay. Yeah. So uh, but I had a lot of hats. I did everything in my company at first. So a funnel is primarily, I mean, it's why we're here right now. Everything's a funnel in yeah. life. Why, mm-hmm. why did you eat what you ate today for food? Cause you're in their funnel of their business. So It's basically like you put your, in terms of a personal brand, we'll stick to that example. Mm -hmm. You put yourself out there, your content, your value on Instagram, on Facebook, through email, wherever people decide they like you or through a podcast, through Mm -hmm. YouTube, whatever. So it's free. Yeah, you put your free stuff out there that you're just like, this is my gift to the world people are going to be like, I like it or I don't like it. And Ashley uses a lot of examples with cars and U-turns. So it's mm-hmm. like they're either going to stay in the car with you or they're going to get out of the car because yeah. they're like, oh, I don't really vibe or, oh, I learned this and I'm, and I'm moving on now. Or there's going to be people that stay in the car that mm-hmm. are like, oh, I like that. And they might be like, oh, I think she can help me. Or, oh, I think like something that she offers is something that I'm interested in. So they're gonna stay, which the funnel starts big if you imagine it in your mind and moves smaller towards the bottom. And as we move towards the bottom, we're weeding people out that might not be good fits to work with us. Mm. And so how that could look in a more practical well, way. Well, it just looked
0: like me shouting out my link for my free
1: business <laughs> course, right? <laughs> yeah. So how it could look in a more practical way is you offer something perhaps digital, like a free course, a free ebook a free training and people sign up for it. And then you send them emails um, automatically through CRMs like ConvertKit, MailChimp is one that a lot of people are familiar with, mm-hmm. um, Entreport, whatever. And and you're sending emails and content to people, le- letting them know who you are, um, giving them more value and education, giving them more free gifts. And they're building a relationship with someone in order for them to know if it's a right fit for them to say yes to the invitation that you later send them. And the invitation is basically an offer to whatever paid product or program you have. So basically instead of being like, hey, here's my free thing. Buy from you. Buy from me. (laughs) You're kind of saying, hey, here's my free thing. Here's a little bit about me. Here's what I'm an expert at. Here's how I can help you. Are you interested? So it's a more socially, emotionally intelligent way to do business because you're in, in a way, your funnel is just a nurture funnel for someone to understand who you are, how you can help them, and if it's the right fit for them, and then they'll become a client. So Um, that's the hope obviously. So that's where your messaging, like you mentioned, your messaging Mm -hmm. to your ideal clients, your positioning as an authority, all of this does matter at the very beginning because more people will buy at the end. If the right
0: people are coming into your car at Mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And those of you listening, I will do an outro and post episode conversation about different ways you can position yourself and, and take your marketing a little further. But I just think Libby, you're so good at, Getting leads and dancing with them in a way that feels good. Yeah. It's like soulful versus so, pushy year. Yeah. And so I'm curious to learn from you with everyone here. Like, What are your top two favorite ways to get your leads and dance with them?
1: Yeah. My first thing I would say that everyone needs to be doing more of is just sharing themselves. So whenever someone's like, I'm just not sure like, why my thing isn't growing or why people aren't joining my program or why I don't have – booked one-on-ones, I ask them this and it may seem like kind of basic, but it's true. I go, how many stories do you have on your Insta stories today, giving value, showing your face? And almost all of them are like none or like two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so you're not showing up consistently to your audience to nurture them, to give value mm-hmm. so they can connect with you daily. Mm-hmm. No, then why do you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like consistency in the content that you're distributing is mm-hmm. number one like that's like the key
0: and what about people who are listening that are like i have 20 instagram followers and one is my mom like yeah good the good for you story? one is greater than zero
1: mm-hmm. so what i would say is I started there too, and Mm -hmm. we all start there. It's not like all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I'm going to start a company with 100,000 followers. Good work always gets noticed. So how do you craft content that's going to get noticed instead of relying on algorithms, hashtags, or like sketchy growth tactics? You create good content. So I would recommend that you create content, whether it's with stories, email, captions, posts, wherever you're putting your stuff out there, videos. I would recommend that number one, you focus on educational content. So you're teaching people about what you do, whether Mm -hmm. it's like the five tips to get a career Mm -hmm. or um, three ways to tap into your intuition, whatever your company's about. You always want to be teaching people because it positions you as a leader and it reminds them that there's more to learn Mm -hmm. and that you have a wealth of knowledge and that working with you could open up a lot of that for them. Mm -hmm. So that's the number one type of content. Most people focus on inspirational content because it comes most natural to us and it feels good. But all that does for your following is give them a dopamine hit and makes them like you, which is still great, but you don't want that to be as much as your Mm -hmm. educational content. Mm -hmm. So if we put percentages on it, you could say something like, I would say like okay, 45% educational content. Mm -hmm. And then the rest I'm going to share with you, fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. as you may. So you're going to have educational as the key inspirational, maybe second, then you want to do some behind the scenes or what I call human content. So Mm -hmm. this is like you with your friends or you at a coffee shop, or you just being you. So people know that you're a real person. They can connect to you soul to soul, Mm -hmm. like person to person. And then you want to have some community building content where you're sharing about the movement that you're running. So like the movement I run is called behind the dream mm-hmm. and it's all about sharing what's true behind the scenes of entrepreneurship and the journey and not the cute parts. So, mm-hmm.
0: and those of you listening, she has a Facebook group called behind the dream and a podcast that if you like you turn, you're definitely going to like the behind the dream podcast. It's magic. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, I also, you're talking about, go ahead and tell everybody about Behind the Dream. Sure. And I would love to understand how are you turning this Facebook group into clients for your business? Because I think everybody listening, even if you don't want to start a business, I think there's a power in starting a Facebook group and creating community. Mm -hmm. And if later down the line, you want to turn it into business or you just want to have it as a place to connect. It's so powerful. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And
0: just to finish on the content types real quick too, so that people don't get too confused.
1: So the community movement building Mm -hmm. content. And then the last thing I would focus on is making actual offers and invitations, which we can get back into after community because that's a big one where people fall off. So that's the first thing I would say people should focus on is their content. But in terms of community building, yeah. So when I first started, all I was taught is like create a Facebook community and start building an audience in there and like nurturing these relationships. And I was like, okay. And, and so I started and I would just post that same type of content in my community. I would vary it a little. So it wasn't the same stuff they'd see on Instagram or my my business Facebook page or wherever, Uh, but I would vary it. I would do lives in there every single week and just share some content, share some value. They got to know me. They got to ask their questions almost like mini webinars Mm -hmm. I would do in there. And then I would also just like connect with people. I think Mm. people forget that real connection and engagement actually wins. So Mm -hmm. people often ask, what's a good Instagram hook? Um, hack. It's like talking to your audience and yeah. like commenting on their stuff. So same thing when you're building a Facebook community. I would say up to this point, at least seventy five percent of our sales has have come from people who are in our Facebook group.
0: Wow, it's so. So powerful. it's just
1: a, it's a almost like a hibernation place and a, and like a juicy nest for people to go to connect with other people that are on the same path. And people are craving that. Yeah. So even though community building can be in terms of the way that you position content, like we are on a mission to do this. It can also be an actual community, which could show up as, as a Facebook group, Mm. uh, which what I'm talking about is a free Facebook group. That's just available to anyone who's a right fit to join. Mm. And I would say one thing that's made mine special versus you ever see those ones that have so much spam and they're just Mm -hmm. like tons of people making offers. Mm -hmm. We screen every single person that Asked to join, and we ask them three questions. And so you have the power to do that in your Facebook group. And what I would recommend that you ask is where someone's at, where they want to go, and what's in the way. Mm. So those are three questions that you can shape for whatever company or offer you have um, so that you have a talking point to them. So when you accept them into the group, now you can reach out to them and say, hey, thanks so much for filling out those questions. Mm-hmm. I saw you were here and you want to go here and this is what's in the way. I'd love to see how I can help. Mm. So in a way, that's a great lead generation so you help, you, well. you might invite them to have a conversation right after they join the group. Correct. They're like fresh. They're like, I'm so excited you're in. We accepted you into the group. I'd love to see how I can help. Because at that point, when someone is adding themselves to your community they're just getting to know you they're right then and there realizing and taking full responsibility that they want to take the next step yeah they want to learn they're ready to go mm-hmm. so they're in the, my husband Scott Oldford if mm-hmm. you guys don't know him he's an he's amazing entrepreneur really successful he helps seven figure entrepreneurs scale to multiple seven and eight figures. And he has a, a framework called the sidewalk, slow lane, fast lane. Mm. And you can look at it like the buying phases for clients. Mm. So if you're in the the sidewalk or a client buying phase one, you don't even realize that you have a problem. You're just in it so deeply. Yeah. So you don't really want to be messaging or having those those people probably won't even be in your group. They don't even know that they need help. And then the second, yeah, the second phase is more in the slow lane. And this is where someone's like, you know. I really want to make some changes. Like I'm going to start looking into it. Like I I think I could get a help, like a mentor or a coach or Mm -hmm. buy a course or, Go to a workshop and they're getting interested. So they might be searching, and that might be someone who joins your group and Mm is wanting to kind of see what you're about. Mm -hmm. And then the third client buying phase, which is the fast lane, which are people who've already invested in themselves. They're ready for the next level. They're in the work already. They love receiving support and help. They're just ready for the right fit, the right time. They have their credit card open. Mm -hmm. So you'll typically attract people and phases two and three, if you're speaking to more possibility centric Mm -hmm. um, voice. And then also, these are the people who will probably show up and engage with you because they're willing and open. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the the Facebook communities are a great way to be a funnel, to Mm -hmm. be a part of the funnel Mm -hmm. in a way, and to be a part of the nurturing of people. Basically a funnel is a friend builder or a relationship builder for potential clients.
0: Yeah. And you know, I love your Facebook group. And I've had some clients that I've said, go join Libby's Facebook group behind the dream because you put a lot of content in there. So I'm curious for everybody to understand, like, yes, you have a few questions and people can answer them. You might invite them to have a conversation, but once they get into the group, there's a lot going on in there. So I'm curious um, to paint a picture for everybody listening right now, where maybe they just want to start hosting dinners and they want a Facebook group of amazing entrepreneurs or amazing women mm. in their corporate world. Um, maybe they want to start a business and they're starting to nurture it. But how are you nurturing your leads and what is the time commitment so that people can really honor this kind of creation if this is what they want to do?
1: Yeah. So I've only done it so that I'm nurturing leads and building community around my business, not so much just just for like fun. fun yeah. Um, for or an event or an event or things like that. So. Mine's really strategic. I used to be the one personally when I first started to DM every single person that mm-hmm. added themselves and I was in there and engaged a lot more. My priorities have shifted in that I scaled my company last year to seven figures and I just kind of got out of it. Seven more. figures off a
0: Facebook group.
1: My <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was all organic. I ran some ads late yeah. last year as well. I want to ask um, about just that Just for too. fun. But yeah, so so primarily it was all, I built everything off of organic for the first six years. And so I was in there doing it. I mean, to be honest with you, that was one of my favorite parts of the company because I got to actually just interact with people and see how I could help them. Yeah. So if you go in with good intentions, mm-hmm. you're not really thinking about the time it's taking. Mm. Uh, you're just more excited to see if you can help. And like, they're, if they're open enough to get on the phone, it kind of feels like a game. Yeah, of it's like, like business is It's a game. like, can I help someone? Let's see if they're open to it. Let's totally. see if they're going to be the blossom into who they want to become. So, so for me, uh, being able to do that, I would probably do it once a day. I'd probably accept like 20 people in a day maybe. I wouldn't get to all of them. And geez, it would probably take 30 minutes max. So just because you have a community doesn't mean you have to spend a ton of time in it. I would recommend like don't spend more than 30 minutes a day in your Facebook community. Focus on um, things that will monetize a little bit or move the needle even a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, like getting. people, I mean, that's considered if you're DMing and you're talking with them, probably mm-hmm. a money building activity. But uh, you don't want to spend so much time actually in the community answering every single thing. You want to train your community to help each other too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't always about me being in there, like putting all the content or responding. It was about other pe- training
0: other people to help each other as well mm. in the group. And I think this is a really inspiring model for people who want to do retreats. I know you have a retreat in Bali coming up. It's like. There's so much possibility when you have a community. And mm-hmm. the way I kind of see business is like two questions, like where's the party at? <laughs> and what do they want? Right. Yeah. So for you, the party's at behind the dream. Yeah. And and if you don't have a Facebook community, you can go speak and invite people into your Facebook community. I'm curious to understand what kind of cause you said, you know, 30 minutes, but I know you create powerful content and know, yep, that's why we're friends, because you're so smart and you're so amazing. <laughs> but like, I'm curious to understand, like for anybody getting started, I think it's really helpful the way you talk about, you know, um, the teaching content, the inspirational content, the personal behind the scenes content, um, making offers as content. Those were some of the four things that I heard you say. I'm curious for anybody listening, like, what how do you manage your content creation? Because mm-hmm you're posting in that group. So I'm guessing like every morning or something for a while, you'd wake up, you'd go in the group, you would post some content, answer some questions. Um, You do live trainings in there. Like what is a formula for anybody listening that they want to really start using this? Because I think this is powerful. Like I'm listening to you. I didn't do Facebook groups. I mean, I have one with literally 17,000 people and I didn't, it it was just, wasn't a place that I went even though people were in it and it can be so powerful.
1: Yeah. For me I rather have like less platforms and go deep in them. So I was I was the kind of person like I'm not going to do YouTube, I'm not going to do Pinterest, I'm not no, I'm just going to focus on Instagram and Facebook. That's why I went deep with them and that's why I kind of mastered yeah. how to work with them. But here's the thing like I, in one of my program the business accelerator the BA, we have a whole module on content mapping and planning with calendars and timelines and percentages. And it can be really precise because they have found perfect methods that mm-hmm. work really well for I've conversion. I've taken the BA guys. I've looked at it <laughs> for conversion and yeah, there, it, it is strategic and also it's an art. So I think people overthink it. Yeah. I think people can write something then delete it and edit it and this. And so for me, it's, I could teach you all the strategic things, but what people really need to do, Mm -hmm. and I'll touch a little bit on the practical, but what people really need to do is just trust themselves and their voice. If you show up every day and you give value and you just let it flow through you, you're going to impact someone, they're going to feel connected to you, and they'll probably buy from you at some point. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah, I do have all the systems set up, though, because there are things that specifically work. And some people really like that. Yeah, some people get overwhelmed by that, though. And they're like, I just want to share what's true. Both are beautiful. And I think having strategy around at least educational content and making offers strategically is really helpful. So What I would recommend is like at least posting wherever you – here's the thing. I'm just going to focus on Instagram and Facebook, but you can use this for Pinterest, YouTube, wherever, wherever you do. And, of course, email. Here's like a couple basics. You want to always be posting on Instagram Mm
0: -hmm. once a
1: day. You want to always show your face on Insta stories every day. If you can, why not go live every single day on Instagram as well? Mm. Like even if it's five minutes.
0: What's the diminishing return point? Like, is there a point where you can train your audience by being omnipresent and being everywhere to rely on you and count on you for good content? But isn't there a point of diminishing returns where it's like she's always on and the audience might get desensitized? I don't think so.
1: They um, just fall more in love with you. It's like you're watching a reality TV TV show of someone's life. mm. I feel like if they're going to get desensitized, maybe there's like something, I, I don't know, maybe there's like an alignment issue or something with what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people see real. Yeah. They see real, they get real. Like they can see if you're like trying to be something or not. And I feel like if you're just being you, people are going to connect. People might fall off because they might be on a different journey now yeah. than they started with, but new people will come in. And so, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think as long as you mean genuine, people will stay for the party. Yeah. Um, so that's Instagram. And then of course, if you have an email list, definitely email your list like two, three times a week. That's not too much. People think that's crazy. Uh, you have to remember people want to hear from you. And if mm. they don't, they'll unsubscribe. And if they unsubscribe, that might mean that they just bought from you. Yeah, That might mean that they're like, I feel complete. I'm ready to buy. That might mean that they just don't want to get your emails anymore still they love you. So not making a story around it is key. And then in terms of your Facebook group, since we talked about that, in terms of content distribution and delivery, I would, I would post like every day in your group, but it can be redistributed content from other platforms. So it's not like you're creating for every platform differently. It's more so that you're redistributing it strategically on different platforms. So you're not, oh my gosh, that would be crazy time and energy suck if you were creating brand new
0: content for every little platform. I'm just thinking of you too, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, so... People can do this, but you are masterful at making an offer. Like you really have a gift. Thanks. And wanna talk about making invitations? Yeah, and how often you do it. Mm-hmm. And um just for anybody who's listening. So let's say we got like Becky over here listening <laughs> to this podcast. She's gonna start doing her Facebook group, which I wanna ask you more questions about how to get eyeballs over to the Facebook group because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's fears they've got like twenty people in the group for the rest of their life and <laughs> you know, like so I said Instagram, one of them's their mom and their uncle, yeah. and, you know. So it's like how to get people but, um, understanding like what is the rhythm and the cadence of when you make an offer and what, how does it look when you make a great offer? Yeah.
1: So since I've done most of my offers and made most of my money and helped all people just really through social media and email only, uh, I've gotten really good at understanding maybe a formula for this. So I like to call it my golden ticket formula and it can go really deep, but I'll just give you the basics here. Uh, I would do like one in four mm-hmm. posts or content drips could mm-hmm. be an offer an invitation. That's not too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the thing. So that's like one, one a week almost or almost. Two yeah, a week, If not, if not more, if it makes sense. Yeah. So here's the thing. People are afraid to feel salesy and slimy and pushy and they're afraid to make offers cause they're, they're lit- there's a lot of like deep spiritual emotional stuff that they're afraid of. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of success. Worthiness comes with all the things. Right. But the truth is, like if someone's following you, you are doing a disservice to someone to not make an offer. Mm. It's, it's like saying, I kind of equate it to like a, a lemonade stand, except for it's more extreme in real life in your business. But it's like a hot day and people are walking by and you have the most bougie, organic, like sugar-free lemonade and all they want is just something to quench their thirst. And you're just like hiding it under a table. Mm. That's what people do when they don't make offers. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not creating a win-win you're Mm -hmm. creating a Mm lose-lose. So every time you make an invitation or an offer, you are saying like, I want to help and I'm open to receive. And that's like, who doesn't want to be in that vibration? So, so so you have to get over yourself and care about other people more than you. Yeah. Um, you're the bridge. And not be about in integrity you. with whatever you're offering or else that's a whole line. <laughs> of, of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that everyone yeah. has an epic client delivery yeah. and program and expertise. Yeah. So, so when it comes to making an offer, I would always suggest giving some context before you do it. So the way you can do it is be like, Hey guys today. So then I'm going to sell my BA course. Cause I'm really, it's easy off the top of my head. Yeah. I would be like, Hey guys. So obviously you guys know my business mentor. I'm a speaker. I have, had several businesses in the past. This is why I teach it now. Uh, But today I really want to talk to you about an issue I see with entrepreneurs. So I'm setting the context, see? Mm -hmm. And then I would say, and this can be written, this could be in videos, could be in stories, this could Mm -hmm. be wherever you put content out. And then I'd move to the next phase and I'd like talk about the issues or challenges I see with with people in their journey. So I'd say something like the issue is that so many people have a mission, they have a passion, they're excited about it, but they're not sure exactly what to do. Like, how do you post on social media? How do you build an email list? So there's a lot of information,
0: yeah. but
1: they're immobilized because it's not delivered to them in a simple way. So people people know a lot, but they're not doing a lot and it's holding them back. So maybe I touch on a, a challenge point there. Then I'd move into what they want. So the truth is, what you really want is you want to wake up and have a plan and know what you're going to post and have some certainty. Like when I post this or when I do this training, this many people reach out. I have a sales call, this many people close. So you want to have some kind of formula so that you have some kind of certainty in the wild world of entrepreneurship. And so remember painting that picture of what they want. Mm -hmm. And then you want to move into the gap or the obstacle. So then you'd say something like the issue is that nobody's really teaching you exactly what you need to post, when to post it. And no one's giving you the right strategy, so you're wasting so much time being having a cute Instagram and taking photo shoots and, and like watching webinars, but nothing's happening in your bank account. Mm. So like painting that picture again of the obstacle or the gap. Mm-hmm. And then you can talk about how you can help, which is the invitation part. So I laid all that context out to be able to make my offer more potent or my invitation more potent. Because mm-hmm. if I just went on like, hey guys, the BA is available. Go ahead and hop in and grab your spot. It's, it's like, like a drive-by shooting. It's like disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's like, doesn't honor them. Yeah. So then you could hop into something like, so I mean, that's obviously just one element of the BA. It's seven modules covering every pillar of business to grow your coaching business. And I'm going to go ahead and just take a minute to explain those modules so you understand. So maybe you could talk about your offer a little bit, it doesn't have to be long. And then it's like, if you'd love to learn more, just drop me your email or just hit reply or whatever the specific one call to action is. And then you can take it from there, which does require emotional and social intelligence to lead them to either an application page or a sales call or just to the offer, depending on the interaction you have with them. Mm -hmm. So mine's always been like using social media, making really beautiful offers, with soul, with alignment, like genuine mm-hmm. offers, and then, and then being able to take care of it on the back end and get people in the door if it's the right fit, and from then, obviously, I built a great legacy because everything I've done has been so powerful for people, and people get results. Yeah. So, it was like you mentioned, obviously, you want to follow up the talk with some great action. Yeah. So well, that's a little bit
0: of a, a dose on how you can make an invitation without feeling weird. So, kind of going through the steps you said: lay the contacts, talk about their pain. If we could just punchy for everybody, take because I've been hearing that everybody takes notes. So. Leave the context, talk about their pain. What was the next piece? You want to remind them of their dream. Remind them of their dream, why they're not there, right? The gap is the next piece. Yeah, what's in the way. Uh Uh-huh. And then the solution.
1: Yeah, talk about how you can help. And then the last part is the specific and potent call to
0: action. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so... You guys could do this for, you know, if you want to start doing dinner parties and you just want to have a like minded group of entrepreneurs or yeah, friends doesn't have to in the world. Yeah, it's a $5,000 program or a $1,000 yeah. program. But what I love about this and what I kind of stand for when I talk about career, whether I'm helping somebody figure out what they want to do or their job or their business, is like, invest in your future self. You don't, if you have an inkling that you might want to be an entrepreneur, there's a power in creating an intentional community and saying to myself, you know, maybe I'll do something with this later, but for now. And also I think that people who have a job and have that kind of merry-go-round of their paycheck, it's like, they're able to create this and just have fun with it Mm -hmm. and nurture it. And then coming from a different energy. And Mm -hmm. it's a very powerful energy. And I remember the difference between me and I think a lot of our girlfriends was when I started my business the first year, it was like 2013, and I'd gotten my TED Talk and I hadn't spoken on a stage before. And, you know, that that made me want to like shit my pants, (laughs) the scariest thing I've ever done. You know, I always tell people I'm like, the TED Talk was like 49% worst thing, 51% best thing. (laughs) Like, I just died inside. It was so nerve wracking for me. But, You know, I remember going to bed at night three months prior, closing my eyes, seeing the little red ring on the ground, like I couldn't sleep. Um, (laughs) But you know, it's, it's, it's the, the thing that I did was I said to myself, Ashley, I give you permission to be in the corporate world and use this entire year to establish a presence on the internet.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: I don't need to make money. I just want to talk about myself as a career person. And I learned so much about blog posting and how press is an avalanche and you start small and it starts to pick up and reaching for the low hanging fruit and starting to create credibility online. And it was interesting with, with, for me about you is that you had a robust Facebook group and then you and I started talking about PR and you're like, tell me about that. And it's like, it's like, you I were making on a different
1: level. Totally. Yeah, I, I, A lot of my journey in all of life is always kind of backwards mm-hmm. according to how other people do yeah. it so like yeah i studied from like the best in online marketing at the very beginning where i didn't know anything that they were talking about and i'd go to seminars and i would just take notes because i didn't know half of the vocabulary yeah. they were using but i was like i'm going to learn from the best and so i like focused on deep monetization from the beginning because truthfully i had to i left my teaching job yeah. i didn't have a plan B. I don't have parents that could take care of me so yeah. i i just had to make it work and i knew I got a dose of it, of entrepreneurship. And I was like, oh, hell, I'm not going back to the other <laughs> life. So I kind of had to make it work here. I was like, okay. okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't do the whole like, let me keep my corporate job and casually. No, I was not casual, but I do a lot of things like black or white. I'm like this or that. Yeah. no So I just did it. And yeah, I just focused heavy on conversations because money comes from people. So talk to people. So I focused on helping people making money, taking care of myself and then after I built money and programs and stuff I was like oh branding Oh PR yeah oh a website like people think people think they have to have all this set up for them to show up but it's It's not not true to show
0: up. And then the other stuff you can work on. Yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit, like you talked about messaging 25 people a day on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh oh gosh. I Uh, cringe because it's not that it's bad, but it's just like, wow, I was in a whole different, whole different person. Consciousness. I'm most curious for anybody listening, like, okay, so maybe they, you know, maybe they get a cool banner on their Facebook group. They get clear on what the point is of the group. Number one, whether somebody wants to start a business or not. So maybe somebody has an interest and they want to create a Facebook group. How do they get people To it. To it. Mm
1: -hmm. It might be small at first, and you can position it that that's okay. So I would always say, like, accept everyone into the group when you have at least, like, 15 people that requested. Mm -hmm. So you're not just, like, three people in there. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you can do is do a live video welcoming everyone as the founding members. Mm. And they're going to feel like they're so special because they're the first ones in there, and they get to really be the pulse of the whole thing as it grows. So you can do fun things where it's, like, today, this week, it's, like, um, a giveaway, like invite four friends to join the group. They still need to add themselves to it, but invite them to join the group and I'll do this or I'll give away a journal or whatever. so you can play with it. but in terms of just driving consistent traffic, people don't consistently talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing I see is people are focusing on their Instagram growth or their email growth or their whatever growth they're doing and they consistently forget to invite people to their Facebook group because they do it they did it once. Well no only five people. Uh, yeah, because you said it once, congratulations. Do you want a medal for inviting people to your Facebook group once, right? So it's consistently reminding people of it and also consistently making sure it's a cool place someone even wants to be. Yeah. Like, is there action there? Is there value there? Do you show up there? So Mm -hmm. it will build. And Mm -hmm. so you have to get over the small number phobia that people have. Yeah. It's like a real phobia people have, but it's like, just say it, be like, this is a brand new group. And but I love what you said, a founding
0: member. Yeah, you can
1: position anything as gold. You can yeah. be like, this is going to be a tight-knit community, and we're going to grow it with intention, mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure that people join. They're in alignment with us and get people to buy into the vision. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, this Facebook group's dead. A lot of Facebook groups that are like 500 people are way more packed with you know, some kind of rich content or richness, rich something happening than like a hundred thousand, yeah. you know? So it's not really about the numbers. It's about your consistency and your value and your potency that you put into it. And, mm. and just, if you feel weird, say it, be like, you know, like a lot of groups are really big and we will continue to grow consistently over time. But right now I just want to honor that we're here together in a small little community. So it's, it's okay. It's not bad. Yeah. I think we can make things that aren't like big, bad but actually yeah. they can be they can be really valuable and beautiful mm.
0: turners so sorry for the quick interruption but i want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the business launch mastermind our online course to help you launch your dream business so if you're sick of being stuck and wondering how you're going to get new clients and you'd like to try a free version of our business launch course all you got to do is head on over to u biz that's y-o-u-t-u-r-n podcast.com b-i-z now let's get back to this week's episode I think a lot about people who feel fear, um, like how do I keep this up or sustain this, or create, I don't want to drain myself, because we were talking, we were saying, okay, we're gonna be on Instagram every day, post every day, story every day, Facebook group every day, sales call. So you know and I know, we've both been through burnout, mm-hmm. that this game can totally put you out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like what have you learned to really focus on Yeah, so that you can be effective and create from a a place that you're still enjoying it.
1: Yeah. I love simplicity. Like even in my home right now, it's really minimal. I just love simple. So the less you can do, the better. Mm -hmm. So I always think like focus down. So the reason why I... I had experienced burnout was really because I've been like a high achiever, high performer since second grade. Mm -hmm. I think entrepreneurship just amplified my patterns. Mm -hmm. It was a gift. Mm -hmm. So I could kind of see Mm -hmm. through the mirror of entrepreneurship what was happening. But I will say that here's here's what I see. Even if you focus on one thing, people think they need to be doing it for like 16 hours a day. Like there's a guilt thing that happens with entrepreneurs. So they think like if I have – 16 hours in a day, I should spend all those hours working on something when really some of your best work happens when you're not working or you're being on something. So I would say for me, I've learned that I can work two hours a day and get just as much done, if not more than as working 16 hours a day. Yeah. So it's about what you're prioritizing in terms of your, your own life, not feeling guilty about spending hours doing things that fill you up, even if they might not be monetizing directly Mm -hmm. on what you're doing and, and being able to be strategic and like, okay, grow your list, nurture your list, Mm -hmm. sell to your list or Mm -hmm. grow your social media, nurture your social media, sell to your social media. And, and also part of being an entrepreneur is being a scientist and Mm -hmm. testing. So there's no one path and there's no one right way it's literally just like what feels good to me, what's working, what's not working and being curious mm-hmm. because as much as it's like this works really well, this works really well, everything's different. Everything's always changing. You're always changing. So for me, it's been a learning about packing things in and like feeling what feels good and what doesn't because mm-hmm. I did a lot of things that didn't feel good to me mm-hmm. that drained me. So like I did a lot of one-on-one in the past yeah, and I did a lot of group programs mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful way to serve people intimately, but I ended up feeling pretty exhausted and I would feel more drained than filled up from yeah. those types, that type of way of serving. So I, it's just, I tested and I learned, oh, I like to teach and serve, but be a little bit more removed from the process. Yeah, because That's when I grew my team. They were able to deliver and now I have a course which feels even more aligned. So yeah, it's, it's a journey of testing and refining and seeing what works and being willing to let go yeah. of what isn't and
0: start anew. And I also am curious, like, is there one of the things I learned? Because I remember when I started my career coaching practice, like, there were no career coaches for millennials on the internet. And my first website was like this weird cartoon of me that didn't right like <laughs> me. And I was like, what is this? Like, I think I paid a designer like $5 on Fiverr, and I was like, this is me, create me in a cartoon. So I kind of spread my seed everywhere on the internet. I was doing blog posts for different platforms. I was on podcasts, I was speaking, I was on Yelp, like I was doing the things and I was experimenting. I was a scientist and because I had no pressure to earn income, I was in my corporate job managing an intelligence team by day, you know, (laughs) playing around by night. And I'm curious, is there any fear like in creating a business in one place? Because your Facebook group is such an asset for your business. And I can't imagine if, you know, Zuckerberg woke up on the wrong side of the bed Mm -hmm. one day and was like done with Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my company, we spent over $2 million on Facebook ads and that translated into a lot of likes. And then one day Facebook likes didn't do anything. So what are your thoughts on creating something sustainable, spreading your seed, going hard on one thing, moving on to the next? And then I wanted to ask you a little bit about Instagram as well on that note.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, any anytime that you rely on a social media platform, like in, in itself, like that's silly because you don't own it. It's rented space. That's, it's scary. Yeah. So yeah, definitely grow your list, grow your email list and use it as a catalyst to move people mm-hmm. to a place where you can own their information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I sound like a Russian spy or something on the information on on internet. Um, So anyway, yeah. I I mean, if my Facebook group went away, I'd be fine because Mm -hmm. I have an email list. I have an Instagram and I could restart too. People would be like, where is she? (laughs) Because I'm consistent. Another group. I am the dream part (laughs) too. Yeah, you can always start over. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to start because it could go away, but I would just know that you don't own your social media.
0: Platforms, yeah. you know, you just touched on something that I think is really inspiring to remind everybody is that ultimately, what is entrepreneurship? It's the journey of becoming, mm-hmm. and it's like who you are and who you become through the process of that is someone that they could keep taking away what you've created. It's like if somebody takes away my entire internet presence, I know exactly what I need to do to create it again. Yeah, you can't can't burn down the castle if the castle's just like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And so I'm curious on Instagram because. I love watching your stories. I was just telling Libby before we started recording that I'm feeling a bit like I'm spending too much time on my Instagram and I've been kind of muting stories that I shouldn't be watching just because it's taking over the day. So I feel like you are a story worth watching. You have a fun life. You have a beautiful husband. He's the best. Anybody who's listening, Scott Oldford, such a little treat. (laughs) Um, And so I'm curious, what gives you energy with Instagram because it can be a time suck if you're not using it right. And if you're not enjoying yourself. So how do you be effective on the gram as far as navigating your time with the Facebook group, with Instagram, with your speaking engagements? I love Instagram. Uh, My husband and I actually been
1: doing this thing where weekly we check our screen time on the iPhone app where you can actually be honest with how often you're picking up your phone and looking at each app, how many minutes and That's really interesting and a shocker sometimes. But for me, I've always loved social media. I've never been the kind of person that's like, oh, I have to post or like, oh, I'm deleting my Facebook app or my Instagram app. I've never been dramatic about it because I like it and I see it as a place to spread light. Um, People who are like social media is the toilet of the internet aren't following the right people or using it correctly in my opinion. Uh, So I see it as a place where good can prevail. I see it as a place where like inspiration can happen and people's lives can be changed. And and so because I have that lens, mm-hmm. when I go into it, I get excited. Like when I, if I pick up my phone right now to do a story, like I just feel excited. I just feel like happy. Like I'm at yeah. brunch with friends. Like it just feels good to me. Yeah. And I've gotten in the habit of it. I remember when I first started, I was a little nervous, mm-hmm. but now it's like, it's easy, easy peasy. So for me, uh, in terms of consuming other people's information, which I think is what you're talking about too, Um, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to release consuming and move into producing. Mm -hmm. So creators create, consumers consume. So if you're spending all time consuming other people's information, looking at what they're doing, you are by default, not being an entrepreneur. So for me, knowing that I'll consume some people's stuff. I will experiment with what I like to follow and what I don't like to follow, what's filling me up, what makes me feel like stressed. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on a journey of like always discovering what feels good to me in terms of my consumption because I rather produce than consume. So Mm. that's the first thing I want people to think about is like 90% producing, 10% consuming. Mm. Like that's it. If you're just scrolling, 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 you're wasting your time and a million other things you could be doing unless it's market research or unless you set up that time for yourself every day to just indulge because it's fun and it's yummy and it fills you up and you love liking your friend's stuff and all of that. But for me, as I move more and more into my true nature, which I've been able to do in the last six ish months, yeah. I've noticed that I'm much more sensitive. I notice what a high processor I am. Mm-hmm. And I notice that I if I see something, even if it's someone's story or someone's caption, it takes me a while to digest it. This cause how my system and my body works. So mm-hmm. I've recently just like pretty much unfollowed everyone, which I've never done before. It's and then and I, I feel a little bit weird cause I, I don't have a consumer problem. It's just even, even our friends, like sometimes I'll feel anxious. I'm just like, Oh, maybe I should be doing this or that. And so I'm really just yeah. coming back into my own lately. Yeah. And through that, I like places where I could consume. I like it to be set up for me to win. So right now I'm just following a bunch of really cool quote, quotes, yeah. accounts that are like women empowerment type accounts. And so if I do consume, I'm like, Oh, that filled me up and I processed it and it's done. So it doesn't feel like an energy leak. Yeah. And I'm also following Juniper the Fox. Yeah. Everyone should follow because I it's just like
0: really I remember when box. I mentioned that to you and you just went for. Oh, yeah, you were the one. Yeah. Ashley, I'm the one. Oh my God. I'm
1: obsessed with Juniper the-, so the Fox. That's so funny. But yeah, so I'm just in a phase where I'm, I feel more intentional than ever about the 10% of consumption that I'm doing mm-hmm. because I know that it does take a toll. And it can either like give or take energy. And of course, it's up to me. But uh, as I come into, yeah, my sensitivity and my intention around that, it feels really nice to not have it even tempt me to be taking my energy Mm. in a way. So Mm. yeah, I'm not full blown like delete your apps, unfollow everyone. Like I don't think that's maybe a a band-aid to an issue. But I think as much as you can be intentional and be more about creative and production than consuming energy, the better on any of these platforms.
0: Because that's why they're there for you to share your
1: voice, not mm-hmm. to look at it what everyone else is doing.
0: So I want to talk about burnout because you and I have both had one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the shadow of entrepreneurship. Anybody who's an achiever, anybody who's wanting to create, I think it's the shadow of the corporate world. Like there are more articles than ever, and I've been writing them for Forbes around how top performers are rewarded with more work and they're the most burnt out person in the building and the Mm. underperformers are going to home early. And um, I have a lot of compassion for that because we're both that. And I would love to just connect with everybody listening about when did you realize that you're burnt out? (laughs) And like, what was the moment of reckoning and what did you do to heal?
1: I think I had my first moment, shit you not, when I was like 16. I remember I was in everything. I'll talk about entrepreneurship, but like I've been burnt out since I was like a teenager. Like I had a dad that was very much like, wake up every single day, do all of your chores, do your chores when you come home. It was like, I never had a break. I could never sleep in since I was little. So I think I have truly been in fight or flight since I was in elementary school. And it wasn't until My entrepreneurial journey, that I could actually realize that I was just so in it that I couldn't see it. So, uh, last year when I scaled my company, I was working around four hours a week. People thought I was like super busy because I had all the success, but actually, no, I had all the success because I wasn't super busy and I I scaled everything. But what happened, you'd think like four hours a week, let me just luxuriate in that. Yeah. Actually, what happened is my body collapsed because my body, for the first time, ever since elementary school I didn't have to push anymore and fight anymore and so my body was in stress response hardcore my my whole life and then all of a sudden didn't have to be I felt support from my husband like I didn't have to like like fight for survival anymore in terms of making money and Mm -hmm. taking care of my mom and and anyone else in my life that I care about. So I, all of a sudden, I just, yeah, I was so tired that like so I knew something was wrong with me. It was weird. I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to be around anyone. Like yeah. sounds hurt, like even just noises hurt. Like everything was so intense. And it almost reminded me of like when I got off birth control and I started to feel again, I was like, oh my God. Like it was almost like this wake up call. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And so I was pretty concerned and went to doctors and tried to figure out what was going on. And they're all just like, you're just you have severe adrenal fatigue. Like you're just tired. You need to rest. And I was like, whoa, it also manifested for me. And I cracked my teeth, which I don't think I've publicly shared that is I went to the dentist last year and she's like, you have to get crowns and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, you, you, you cracked your teeth. Are you, she was really concerned. She's like, tell me about your job. Are you really stressed? Do you have a long commute? I'm like, no. And she's like, you've been clenching so long that you literally broke your teeth. So it manifested in quite a few ways, always like, like a little bit overweight. Like there's things that I just like wasn't able to digest, digest and integrate everything. And it hit a wall. And so that was really like six months or so ago now, probably a little bit more. Like one of the first times that I felt like I fully get one of the main lessons of this journey for me Mm. is to come back into a softer, more, a softer, slower Libby. Yeah. And and through that, it's been really powerful to have that perspective. And kind of now when I come back into work and to the doing, I'm like, okay, I don't want to go back to where I was. And actually, quite frankly, I can't. My body won't let me anymore. Mm. And so I have a, a better harmony, I would say, now with my doing and my being, although it's still quite an interesting exploration as the old achiever performer energy can really slide in hot mm-hmm. and it's hard sometimes to catch myself Scott really is good at helping me be like baby why don't you relax and slow down so i was talking to our friend Lori Harder about the her mm-hmm. podcast and she's like but can we get to success without being in that doing like can you really like achieve what you need to achieve and like leave your there job there's a period of pushing. A, i know and that's what we we just landed on seasons everything's yeah. in a season and my season of doing and pushing just happened to be the know, whole season maybe the 20 whole thing. 25 years yeah <laughs> or so so yeah I think that I think that I'm I'm learning right now about embodiment and learning more about sensuality feminine and and silence and spaciousness and um that has has educated my creativity yeah too because now I feel like I'm starting to write my first book I launched the podcast like yeah. I'm starting to feel like I can express from a truer place.
0: Yeah. You know, I remember when you came to me and your teeth were cracking and I remember you had tears in your eyes cause you were like, so sorry to your body.
1: Yeah. Like you felt like a sorrow. There was a disconnect.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you felt like a, an apologetic energy of like, I'm so sorry that I did this to me. And um, I clench, you know, like I wake up in the middle of the night and notice I'm clenching. And so anybody who's stressed right now and, I think that just talking about the Facebook groups is actually really powerful because I think a lot of people are in the corporate world and they want more. And I hear a lot of people say, I'm fine. And to me, that just means, you know, they're not in touch with what, that they're not yeah. fine. And yeah. there's so much more to life than just fine. And I think what you shared is such a powerful way to do something on the side that can become something mm-hmm. without having to rush and clench your teeth. <laughs> it doesn't have
1: to be a, like hardcore rhythm that you do everything. Mm-hmm. Like it, things build and with entrepreneurship, things compound and grow exponentially. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like where, where is everyone racing to? Yeah. Where is
0: everyone really going? And well, it's, so it's, I, a, it's an interesting concept of the hardcore doing. Totally. And I'm, I'm really, um, I'm feeling a bit repelled lately. And I'm curious what your thought is on this is, I feel like more than ever, people want overnight success. Mm-hmm. And it's like really triggering to me because I'm like <laughs> this overnight success I created was like eight years like yeah. starting to charge for real keynote speeches right now. It just, as I was talking to you, when I walked through the door, that didn't just come, you know, you create a And actually Chelsea cross was telling me, allegedly it takes 15 years to create a professional brand. Mm. And she's on her 13th year right now. And she's starting to see it where like really big deals are coming in. And it's on the basis of years of branding she's done and work she's done. So I'm curious right now to just understand for everybody listening, like what suggestions do you have for them to get started? Maybe they're thinking about a Facebook group. Now that we've talked about it, they're thinking about being courageous, posting on Instagram, be doing more teaching, working through the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what thoughts can somebody have right now if they're in a career right now and they're like, I want to start something, and I know I'm good at jewelry, or I know I'm good at you know, consulting people on law. Maybe we have a lawyer listening. What are some steps they can take other than the Facebook group that you think would be really high results, high ROI, Mm -hmm. low pressure? Mm -hmm. I would first ask because I can't assume
1: what someone's goal is. So I would first ask yourself, what's my actual goal and what does success really mean to me? Because my mentors never did that. And they assumed that I had the same goals as them. And that's why I got burnt out. And that's why I was often on a path that wasn't even true to me. So first of all, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And what do I really want? What do I really, really want? So before I, that's like step one, because we can imagine that someone else's idea of success is what we really want until we get there and we're unfulfilled. So it's really important that if you're going to take action, that it's towards something that's true for you, even if it might not look like X, Y, and Z's success. So that's number one. And then Secondly, to give advice without maybe knowing someone's desire for money can yeah. be difficult. But if your desire is to feel really juiced up about what you're doing and make a lot of money, then I would say uh, start creating content and pick two platforms at the beginning. If you love video, do, do YouTube. Do you? If you love writing, maybe make a blog and post repost it on Instagram or something like that, whatever. So pick two platforms and then start building your email list so you're just – posting that content that I talked about, whatever it is for you, those different content types on your social platforms, and then also inviting people with that same formula to join your email list through the free thing, your funnel mm. that we talked about at the very yes. beginning, and then start to nurture people and start to to think about how you might want to serve people. Start to do some research, like who are, who's in my audience are coming to me? What do they want? What do they need from me? What can I can create? With integrity and excellence Mm -hmm. that could help them. So you just might want to start slowly by sharing your voice because sometimes that can be a huge hurdle for people. Do people even want to hear from me Mm -hmm. is what I say important. Mm -hmm. So it's just starting to share is already building momentum around everything that will come. So that's initially what I would do. And then if that's starting to feel good and you're getting some traction and you're like, okay, I'm a creator, like mm-hmm. I, I can produce things and I'm feeling good and I'm I'm building audience and people are resonating and I'm learning about what they need, then you can start to obviously craft some of your offers. So you want to look at the way you want to deliver it. Do you want it to be a course? Do you want it to be speaking, workshops, group mm-hmm. programs, one on ones So you just want to see, like start to test what feels good to you. Like I've done it all. Mm-hmm. I've done every type of thing besides like SaaS like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I could help people with. Um, so yeah, I think those are the two things is starting to share and get really used to being in that seat mm-hmm. and starting to do research and then also also being able to get into offer creation based mm. off what your zone of genius is and how you really want to help people. Mm. So it's it's it doesn't have to be like, all right, put up a website. All right, do this. All right, launch this. It doesn't have to be that. It's just like slow and steady. So yeah, I would, I would start with content and being used to sharing your message and your voice and creating, creating followers so you can understand what people need so you can sell to them.
0: And kind of just final couple questions. Um, let's say the girl who's listening goes on and she creates a Facebook group with like a couple hundred people. She's been really working to create great content and get people in. What are some easy, actionable steps to just really scale the exposure to her Facebook group or her Instagram? Is it speaking podcasts? Like what are your suggestions mm-hmm. that you really think, oh, I got a little bump in my Facebook group?
1: Yeah, I mean, strategic partnerships are always great where if you're a friend you know has an audience, you can shout each other out and all of that. Of course, you can build another organic content platform like podcasts and like redistribute and redistribute audience and things like that. I honestly have just not been about growth, more about service this Great. entire time. So for me it's never been like how can I grow this? How can I grow this? It's been like how can I serve people and make money? Yeah. So for me it's like your audience will grow and these things will happen and you can be strategic and like partner with people or use paid traffic and learn how to run ads through Facebook and Instagram to boost things and of course there's all all of that and I think for someone starting for them getting used to working the muscle of consistency and talking to people and, and this, I think that's the that's really the beginning because that's mm. what's going to keep you through the... That's, that's the thread line through mm. it all regardless of if you have a million followers on Instagram or 10, it's the same thing that you're going to be doing is distributing content mm. for people. So if you can get used to that and that can be your foundation, then everything else will come as it should.
0: You guys, Libby and I were talking about so many different topics that would have been so different than this one. And I, I really... I'm just so glad that you shared with us because I think it's so powerful for people to really feel into the steps and understand what's available for them. And um, my heart is just like, I feel so lucky that you're my friend and that we get to share like together. Yeah. And um,
1: where can everybody
0: find you, find your course, learn from you? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's Libby Crow. So at Libby Crow, Instagram,
1: Libby com. Uh, and then Behind the Dream is my new podcast. And it's also the Facebook community that you can search in Facebook and add yourself to. Yeah, it's been so fun. It's like, I don't talk a ton about business because I've moved into like talking about other elements of the journey lately. And... I think there's so much out there that it's nice for people to sometimes just remember to come back to what's simple and true. Like yeah. I, I remember um, a while ago and I don't often watch Gary Vee, but I, I watched a Gary Vee <laughs> and he said something struck me. And he said something like people always tell me like your answers are so so easy and so simple. He's like, yeah, then why aren't you doing it? So it's kind of the same thing that I guess is, I've noticed a pattern of me talking about is like, it doesn't have to be so complicated. Yeah. It's just you showing up consistently and sharing your message, caring about people and wanting to help them. Mm. And then you're going to make money.
0: Mm. Yeah. Libby, you are just such a like little soul vitamin. (laughs) Yum. I love you. you. Yeah. And usually I'd be funny with you, but you're just so good to (laughs) me. I'm like, all right.
1: This was great. I'm so happy that I could be on and support any of you that are listening that are either slaying it at the entrepreneur game and you maybe got another you're like oh shoot I haven't been consistent all yeah. right I'm right yeah. or if you're just starting you're like all right I'm starting to get the big picture is so helpful and yeah. I'm glad we could talk about this
0: yeah and those of you listening um I did an episode with Libby on clarity and figuring out what's best for you so maybe you're struggling to figure out what you'd want that Facebook group on you need to connect to yourself you just check it out on behind the dream podcast and thanks yeah. for being here. we did a fun interview you so guys will fun. love it thank you thanks Hey here. It's Ash here just reflecting on this episode with Libby Crow. And I think one of the most powerful things I get when I talk about business systems, whether it's Facebook groups or Twitter or Instagram, is that if you go really deep with something and create a personal brand and create trust and add value and start to really figure out different steps that work with your leads, business becomes math. And so whether you're somebody in the workforce right now who doesn't want to start a business or maybe you're in the workforce and my vote is anybody in the workforce should be thinking at least about a little side hustle to have some sort of freedom and creativity in their life. I found that uh, business is such a step-by-step system that I didn't even realize. And for the longest time when I was a little kid, I remember this one moment where my dad looked at me and he said, Ashley, you get to pick one of two paths. And I looked at him all curiously and he said, "You can either be on a roller coaster, an entrepreneur like me." And I kind of looked at him and thought, "Well, fuck, I don't want to be on a roller coaster. I've watched you and it's crazy." He's like, "Or," and I'm like, "Okay, what's the other option?" "You can be on a merry-go-round." And I thought, "Okay, what's that?" And he said, "You can be in the workforce. You kind of know what you're getting." And I thought, "Well, I don't know if I like roller coasters, and I don't know if I like merry-go-rounds." And what I found is that my belief system from that conversation translated into this belief that being an entrepreneur is chaotic and that the quest to make money out of thin air is really what I thought it was feels like hell. And it wasn't until I started to really learn business and personal branding and adding value and becoming the master of your trade, in my case, you know, career coaching, helping people figure out what they want to do with their life, helping people figure out how to start their business, all of these different things that I really started to learn that business is truly math. So here's an example. I used to do a ton of speaking and I'm just starting to pick it back up and be paid as a keynote speaker. And in the past, I did a lot of free speaking. And when I started my career coaching practice, I would get on stage and if I looked in the audience and there was 100 ideal clients, I knew that of those 100, if they are ideal, that 20 of them are gonna wanna talk after this, 10 of them are gonna wanna schedule a consult, and six or seven of them are actually gonna hire me as their coach. And so it was like I was able – it was very healing for me because I was able to take entrepreneurship, which was this elusive, mysterious, confusing thing that I didn't totally understand how to actually turn my idea or my service into money. And I was able to turn it into an actual step-by-step system with math. And I think that's what Libby has really done with Facebook groups is really mastering the art of nurturing your leads, adding extraordinary value, and going from not knowing each other at all – to a customer and a sale and feeling really amazing about it. So in my case, I got to that point with speaking. I would speak for free. I would offer myself up as a speaker. I would hop on stage. I'd look at the audience and say, oh, this audience is going to create this revenue and I'm excited to be here too. And I'm having a lot of fun speaking. Um, And so I just want to share this with you to to just make sure you know that whether you're starting your business, you're in the workforce, whatever have you, or maybe you're scaling your business, that if you're struggling at business or you're struggling at the at the thought of creating a side hustle, to really know that there is a mathematical approach, a step-by-step approach to entrepreneurship, and it really just is about which approach you decide to go really deep on. So if you look at me on the internet, you'll see at ashleystall.com, I've got three courses and U-Turn podcasts. We've got free courses, free samples of my full courses, for example. You'll see that I've got my podcast, my Twitter, my Facebook likes, whatever, but that's over 10 years of me trying and trial and error and really trying to get to know myself as an entrepreneur. So I think the biggest step when it comes to lead generation and creating a personal brand is to first think about yourself and your best skill set. Like how do you enjoy using your energy? Are you a visual person where you want to curate a feed like on Instagram? Are you a writer where you want to share your feelings? Um, Are you somebody who's an opinionated person that wants to share little quips on Twitter? So really first thinking, how do you best process information? How do you like to engage with people? And then channeling that, like speaking. Do you want to be on a stage with humans? In real life um, or Facebook Living, you know, do you want to talk to people on Facebook and have people add you as a friend? Really starting to clarify how you want to connect with people is the beginning because just because, you know, so and so is doing a Facebook group or an Instagram, that doesn't mean that that needs to be the way that you go and connect in the world. So the first thing is to ask yourself, what are my core values? How, what are my best skill sets? And how can I channel those into my lead generation? Because there are so many ways to make money. If you're an incredible writer, I recommend checking out Quora and becoming a consistent poster on Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. Or Instagram, if you love that curation and that design element. You can tell from my Instagram at Ashley Stahl. I'm not the biggest on color schemes and making everything match perfectly. But, you know, then there's podcasting. Like maybe you don't like to be in person, but you have a lot to say. Um, There's being in person, speaking. You have a lot to say and you want to connect. It just, it never ends. And so really realize that there is a way to create a mathematical step-by-step system around any sort of thing that you're interested in. Um, for your lead generation and just to empower you to take the guesswork out of entrepreneurship and stop seeing your side hustle or your business as something that has to be tiring. If you're not succeeding the way you want or you're not starting that business because you're getting stuck in the belief that it's impossible to make money out of thin air, totally have been there. Just realize there is a system to it. Listen to this episode with Libby again. Take some good notes. I certainly did. And uh, I just wish you all of the magic. And I can't wait to hear from you on Instagram at Ashley Stahl. Give Libby a shout out. Let her know you love her as much as I do. God, I love that woman. And thanks for being here.